Welcome to Dreamers and Unicorns, brought to you by People Strong. Hey Ginny, who do we have today? Well, Abhijit, today your guest is filmmaker and screenwriter R. Balki, and you can talk to him about striking a balance between art and science, as well as the career labs of the future. Okay, great. Let us start the show. The future of work is going to look a lot like filmmaking. Depending on the needs of the film, the director identifies people with different skills, the writers, the actors, music director, etc. So three things drive movie making. It's collaboration, creativity, and of course a deep understanding of technology. Hi, I'm Abhijit Bhaduri and I work with organizations to transform their leadership teams, talent and culture. With us in the studio, we have R. Balki, a filmmaker, screenwriter and the former group chairman of the advertising agency Lowlinters India talking about just exactly how technology and creativity coexist in the world that he works in. So, Balki, welcome to the studio. Welcome to the show, Dreamers and Unicorns. Thank you for joining us. I'm going to start by asking you a question that imagine you're making a kind of a showreel about your life. And this is a 30-second movie called Inflection Points in Balki's Life. You know, the kind of moments that would have shaped your um, craft, the kind of things that would have shaped your professional DNA. What would those moments be? And, you know, how would you describe those shifts and turns in your career? Um, I think, I think every, uh, I think the first time I joined advertising, of course, um, it was uh, pure, a series of accidents, actually, I would describe them as, I mean, I wouldn't think of them as some, uh, you know, very deliberately plotted moves or whatever. They're just accidents that have happened. Like there was an ad in the papers which said, tell me in 100 words the person you are, who asks you who you are uh, in a public medium today. So I answered that and I joined advertising. And then... Um, uh, there was a strange, uh, when I was, you know, well into advertising, was addicted to advertising, 14 years down the road. Uh, and, and actually, I joined advertising thinking it was actually a film company because, uh, you know, at, at the end, at the at the top of the ad was this logo that used to come at the end of every Bunyad episode. So I thought the ad was from Ramesh Sippi. Actually, I realized Mudra was a company that produced Bunyad and therefore it was at the end of the, you know, every episode. So I, I, I got conned into advertising and I loved it. And I met Ramesh Sippy 14 years down the road, and I told him how I how he got uh, how I got conned into it, and that was actually one of those points. And very very and why that was one of the points. Next, the very next week after meeting him, I happened to kind of be shooting an ad with uh, uh, Amitji, and um, you know, just I mean, I liked working. I mean, it, it was just fascinating to work with Bachchan, and I I happened to send him a message about some movie of his which I just saw a couple of days ago, and. Um, uh, I sent him a long message and he replied with a hmm, so many M's equivalent to the number of letters in that in my message. And then I was something was brewing in my head and I was struggling for a life boy, I, I remember. And I suddenly got this idea for a movie and I messaged him saying, I have an idea for a movie. Would you would you listen to it? He said, come. I told him a one line idea. And, and how did you describe the one line idea? I just said, here's a man who's uh, in love with a woman 30 years is younger. And he said, okay. I said, if you, if you like it, I'll write it. He said, write it. I wrote it. He said, let's do it. And this is exactly how it happened. And those, I think that message that I sent him that night was one of the key points for me uh, that actually changed the way um, uh, I went on. 
So when you go back and think about the way you watched a film, was that, um, you know, a very involved thing? You're looking at the craft, you're learning. So is it a very active way of looking at that? Or is it that you were looking at films the way everybody else sits back and watches a film and narration, you know, stories being told to me on celluloid? A lot of things, when you keep watching a lot of films, uh, multiple things hit you at the same time. It's just not the story. Of course, you kind of react like a normal viewer, but you also kind of absorb a lot of things. For me, for example, uh, what really triggered my interest in cinema was the music in cinema. Mm-hmm. Actually, when I, when I, uh, I'm a huge fan of Ilya Raja and, and when I heard his music in cinema, uh, what, was, what was before me, the visuals before me, were not the visuals in my head. So a lot of times mm-hmm. I used to watch movies and his... His songs were actually making the visuals look far better than what they were on screen. So sometimes things things happen in your head because of various influences in cinema. It's just not what you see. So why is it that you chose to sort of get into making those films rather than pursuing music? Because obviously that was also a point of... I was not a musician. I didn't, I didn't know how to play anything. <laughs> and I could listen to music. I enjoyed music. But I could listen to certain kinds of music. But uh, for me, the music triggered of images. It was not the music. I wasn't fast. I was, I was interested in music because I was interested in his music because it triggered off beautiful images in my head. Um, you know, uh, we both share a common alma mater and uh, mudra. And, you know, and one of the things that when I joined mudra, one of the things someone told me was the best copywriters are people who think visually and the best visual artists are the people who think words. Is that true? I know. I I think it's it's a business of ideas. And I think, uh, uh, you know, I always keep saying that um, advertising is something that anybody can do. And I always tell people, the the reason I got into advertising because it was the only profession that didn't require a qualification. Uh, But the trick in advertising is not doing one ad, is doing it day after day after day like a slot machine. Somebody puts a coin in and you've got to get an idea out. And that's what makes it a profession. But otherwise, anybody can come up with one, come up one day and give you a better idea than you can. But it'll be one day. It'll not be day after day after day. So that's the difference between advertising people and people because any person can have a great idea. And when you sort of make the shift to um, filmmaking, yeah, is that storytelling on tap or is it a different process? Uh, no, it's not storytelling on tap. It's actually thinking... Um, it's uh, you can turn the tap to whatever speed you want. You can kind of uh, slow it down. You can kind of uh, you know run it on full steam. You can kind of do it or do whatever. Uh, the thing with cinema is actually you're doing it for yourself first before you're doing it for anybody. And whatever people say is actually most filmmakers try and do it for themselves first. So um, you know when you say that you make the film because it it's going to be a commercial success, shouldn't you think start by thinking of what the audience is looking I've at. I've never what done an ad for, for the audience, so why would I do mm. a film? So even advertising, much as people think uh, communicators are all about understanding the audience, it's a whole lot of bullshit because I don't think you understand yourself as a person. Uh, leave alone, uh, leave alone anybody about. else. I mean, anybody True. who pretends to understand a community or a, or a million people or a billion people is really frauding somebody. It just so happens you're normal and you're like a lot of other people and sometimes mostly what you like is what a lot of people like and if you're true to what you like and if you end up doing things that you like, you really like, chances are a lot of people will like them. And how does one develop that ability to tell the story? You know, when you look at a lot of uh, uh, organizations, they encourage their leaders to become storytellers. You know, this is one of the skills they talk about for the future. Uh, Obviously, storytelling and business is a little different from storytelling, say, on cinema. But are there parallels that you can see that people can learn from? And how do they sharpen their craft in the work that they do 
I think the first thing in storytelling is interest the people. I mean, don't tell me something that don't don't wait for the guy to yawn. I mean, or the or the or the girl to yawn. I mean, just kind of just make it interesting. The first thing about storytelling is engagement. You need to engage the person. Even the lovely stories that people used to tell you when they put you to sleep, even when they put you to sleep, it had to be interesting to put you to sleep. It had to be beautiful to put you to sleep. It was boring. You'd actually be up. What is this nonsense? You'll be restless, you know. Mm. But it is. It's. It's lovely when you tell a story. Has to be interesting first, and um, and the most beautiful stories are original. Uh, originality is something that is a is is a is at a premium today. And uh, I think that to me is the key of a story. I mean, the first thing I would tell anybody telling uh, telling a story is um, tell me an original idea. Let it be an original story. Say it interestingly. Interest people, and um, keep it. Um, don't don't extend it beyond the uh, the life of the story because I think every story has a life span. Let's say it's two hours, or one and a half hours, or one hour, whatever. Don't extend it beyond it because you got to fill in some time. I mean that mm-hmm. that always kind of uh, screws up a story. What what makes uh, you you talked about make it interesting? This is one of the first pieces. Yeah, yeah. Just tell me something I haven't heard before. Number one, second, that's a great way to make things interesting. Anyway. Uh, second thing is just say something that perks you up. I mean, it's very simple. I mean, it's uh, you say something. I think look at the headlines uh, uh, of of, uh, of newspapers or not newspapers. They are always kind of uh, they're actually quite quite boring. Yeah, uh, by being very clichedly uh, you know uh, scandalous. But uh, I'm saying the moment you kind of um, you know um, start with something which is a bit surprising or a bit interesting or bit or a bit kind of hey. What are you talking about? Or like the the sometimes the first line of a, the first paragraph, the first line of a book holds you, you know, maybe the rest. Tell me one such uh, story that... Sister, for example, uh, says, it was the last five minutes of her life. Okay, mm. you start, hey, okay, what happened? You know mm. she's going to die. Something's going to happen. Or uh, let's say she froze in fear. Fear is one thing. The other one was, um, it was like, if if it's a love story, for example, you would say you would kind of you know uh, maybe start with something uh, which is quite. It was the last time she would look at him. Let's say you you just start with a simple line. It's not something shocking. It's not something always scandalous or whatever. Right. Hey, you know something? What happened? Why was the last time she would look at him? You start with that. It's not that it's a lovely morning and she was walking down the stair and he was walking down the stair and. I just feel today in advertising, especially, you need to be really, really interesting to 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 begin with, you know, because interest value is 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 what uh, sells. It's actually products are, uh, you know, more about how interesting you are to me rather than any, more than anything else, because the relevance is the same for most products, uh, which are happening. It's about who's more interesting. In film, also today, uh, film interest is is at a very different level. Who's the star? For example, a star himself can be very interesting in a film. I've got, uh, let's say, Ranveer Singh, and I've got Amitabh Bachchan, and I've got Deepika Padukone. I know I'm very going to be. Uh, a lot of people are going to be very, very interested. It was like, for example, somebody was telling me something called a, uh, some some this film which is coming up. It's all about um, the 13th day of somebody who died, and 13 days after the shra the ceremony that happens for the after somebody died, and how you're supposed to forgive the person who's dead, who's going to and you're going to uh, uh, you know forgive and fill yourself with love, and how the person discovers all the bad things in the 13 days of that person and turns into hate. It's a very interesting kind of a thing to kind of look at it. So. 
these are things that uh, so something that uh, you know you expected to be going right and it suddenly you discover that it's not a straight path it's uh, you know there there's lot more like i said uh, when i was doing when when i heard the story of uh, uh, murganandam when mm. i was doing padman mm. i mean i was of course fascinated by the fact that he wore a sanitary pad a man wearing a sanitary pad interests you right. okay it triggers right. why is he wearing a sanitary pad so what did he do what is he you know he told me very very funny things in life and he's a very interesting man he has great even business philosophies and principles can be really really interesting if put in a certain way um he always said that he he's not a charity he's not a, he's not a philanthropist he's not that he wants to be famous like anybody he wants to be in the fortune 500 most famous people not the rich people he said i want to be famous by being the uh person with the maximum influence with the least money i mean that's that's a great thing uh he says see because i I've, i've designed a business model where if i make money my business will collapse well how how so is that, that so it's very simple see he's made a low cost he's made a machine which makes low cost pads and you have to keep the machine cost a certain amount for the women to be able to afford the loans and take it and manufacture the pads at a certain cost right. if they pay more for the machine the pads are going to be more expensive the very purpose of his entire revolution has gone for a toss so his job is to keep the machine constant uh make the he can't even charge a margin he can never charge more for it uh, more than what it is so he's got to live with the same thing and he's not even a factory that's going to multiply the number of machine he can make only that many machines he can't mm. make more machines so how many more villages how many more villages he go so it's a, it's more like a, uh, a reach model rather than uh, an exp- uh, like a you know Uh, economies of economy, scale it, it's it's not even economy is scale it's it's more a sustenance model rather than a growth model you know what i mean uh, you sustain yourself so that pads grow not your business it's it's a great it's a it's a very very strange way and a very interesting way to kind of develop business from that to your most recent film was uh, you know mission mangal and when you look at that one of the things that i found fascinating about the film was how a complex phenomenon like you know which says how do you build a rocket ship and how does it apogee perigee this and that and you know it needs to break the gravitational pull a lot of really complex science stuff i just thought it was a fascinating way in which you simplified things without dumbing it down i just was very fascinated by that storytelling process that what a complex subject uh, i always believe i'm i'm a little low iq person so uh, i believe i find it easier to communicate because it's tougher for me to understand when i struggle to understand and i need to kind of process it in my mind like that i need to simplify it in my mind i find it easier to kind of communicate because unless i communicate to myself you know without any of the knowledge that i've gained i just need to be absolutely listening to only that not processing anything else and i and i ask 1000 questions i have to understand it i have to understand it then i understand it with an example which i give myself in my head and then put it in the film that's how i did the puri stuff did the, i think a lot of things in the film is my struggle to understand the concept so that that helps that's how people are people are just like me and you and everybody we don't know these complex things we have to understand them so you understand it exactly the way like you like to be taught you don't try and think uh yourself is more intelligent because you've got all the information now after studying after listening to isro scientists for 10 days anybody can be intelligent you know but you shouldn't load people with that intelligence you should be what you were before you kind of met those scientists mm. because this information is to be kept on the back burner for you to just 
you know, get the science part of it. But you're still the naive person that you were before you met anybody. So how do you process that information? So I always find examples a very simple way to kind of do this. Uh, it's like talking to uh, people who don't know. I won't say children because children are far more intelligent than adults. It's like talking to people who don't know anything about a subject. Most subjects, you need to talk to people as if they don't know anything about the subject because they're not interested in your subject. Even a person, for example... You know, you, you would think everybody knows about love. But I might be going through a breakup in my life and I might be hating something about something and I might be, I may be a, uh, you know, a, in a very foul kind of mood. You need to be talking about love to that kind of a person, not to a person just in love, okay? Mm -hmm. So how do you kind of uh, invite him into your story? A person, him or her, who's, who's actually away from love right now, who's, who's out of love, you know, not thinking of love. So I think the most beautiful stories make you um, you know, there was a there was this, this famous example which I which in my life especially which has really happened is uh, is this film called uh, you know Sadma which happened in yeah. Hindi uh, the Tamil version of Moonram Pare which I saw. You know, I I actually believe that uh, my aim in life was to experience a tragedy like that. My ambition was not uh, not to kind of you know uh, be successful or anything. I wish I could feel that kind of pain. It was the most beautiful kind of pain I've ever seen. You know, so when you aim for something like that, you want to imagine me. I was not in pain. I was a very happy person. And I can feel that guy has brought me into the world of pain and made me aspire to that pain. You know, I'm not saying, oh, so sorry, how sad. Why can't I have that sadness? It was such a beautiful sadness that I wish I that is a film. That connects. That is really, really interesting, mm. you know, to me. So that is always the aim in any any small piece of communication is talk to people who are not interested in you, not to people who are already interested in you. They will listen. And and I think you know uh, if if more and more um, business leaders actually watched creative work, do you think they would become better storytellers because they kind of learn this whole thing of how do you understand and explain an emotion if somebody says. I don't understand this emotion of sadness. I don't know this word empathy. Explain to me empathy. So do you think watching a film or creative work or reading fiction uh, is going to help people understand? Uh... No, I don't think so. I think a lot of business leaders today are fabulously creative people. Uh, and I don't think creativity is a domain of either filmmakers or musicians or artists or whatever. I think everybody is lateral today. And, and people, I mean, today, uh, uh, the guys who became... Um, stars of creativity a few years back um, would be surprised that uh, they could become stars for by doing much less than what people have to do today. I think today business leaders are kind of doing art are really kind of being lateral, extending everything possible to reach their consumers, make the product interesting, um, do things in a way that hasn't done, been done before. They're practicing all those stuff in their field because that's their, um, you know, uh, easel. That's their uh, drawing board. And that's their film. That's their camera. Their business is their camera. They're doing everything possible la laterally. But the only thing is I, I just feel sometimes that uh, uh, don't, Take your business more seriously than what the customer does. By that I mean, um, I know that you're selling, let's say, for example, a toothpaste or you're selling, a, 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 let's say, a shoe. Mm -hmm. I, I, feel, I feel sometimes we think of it as the cure for all illnesses, everything else. You put your life, I mean, just have a perspective. I mean, when you approach it the way a customer approaches a product, you'll not disrespect it, neither will you. Over-respected. I think the problem with a lot of um, 
business leaders and sometimes forced on advertising people is they sometimes over respect a product than what it deserves. So when somebody says, uh, this is not a computer, I'm really going to put a dent in the universe, you think it's over overselling that idea? Um, no. I, I believe then the guy wants to make a business like that. Suppose, uh, I'll give you what I, what I mean is, uh, I don't mean in vision terms. I mean when you make a product. Okay, for example, you make a bike. Hmm. You know, uh, I remember this uh, very famous example uh, uh, which happened in my life, which is again... Uh, a bike that Bajaj had made, and it was one. It was a hundred cc bike. I mean, you've seen a lot of hundred cc bike, but it was one of those early days of hundred cc bikes. And uh, uh, they came and told me that this is a magical bike. It's it's one of those once in a world, once in a lifetime kind of thing where it's a combination of power and mileage, and power and mileage. It's God's gift to mankind. God's gift to mankind. What is it? How can it's a bike? Yeah, guy. Mm -hmm. God's sake, and tried all kinds of things. And in anger, uh, and, and and the engineers and the uh, uh, account servicing people, the planners, but also very, very serious about the bike. It helps. It helps by somebody being serious and somebody being frivolous uh, sometimes. But when you're over serious, it needs a very, it needs, it needs a visionary to kind of, you know, appreciate a bit of frivolity, which actually makes the seriousness come alive. I'll tell you what I mean. So all these people are saying this, this, and I said, what do you, what do you, what do you want me to call it? I don't know what to say. This, but you, is it Hoodie Baba or what? I don't know what it meant. It was just a word. I said it, it's an unbelievable thing. I, I said some rubbish word in anger. I said that. And I said, hey, man, it could be a catchphrase. Rubbish, but it could be a catchphrase. So I went and told the client. I went, I told Rajiv, Rajiv Bajaj. And Rajiv Bajaj is, was a, uh, is a great marketing mind, but he started off as a great engineer first. I mean, as a, as a great bike, he's a, he's a bike uh, aficionado. He's, he loves his bikes. And here's a man who thinks he's he's made the bike of the century, and uh, uh, and was so passionate about every nut and bolt. And I'm going I'm going and telling him, screw your bike, yeah, hoodie baba. He could have killed me because uh, somebody says something bad about the thing that you dream about. But he smiled and he just asked me, "It's not a bad word, right?" <laughs> Sometimes a business leader knows it's my job to take the product and live with it and breathe. It's another person to give that. Um, if another person is also equally this kind of serious about my product, I'll be dead. You need somebody to kind of not to look at it from the way consumers kind of look at it. And that's where I think it helps for advertising people. Uh, and, and most clients, uh, you know, tell me, I know I love working with a creative person. He loves my business. He understands my product. He's so deeply involved in my business. I said, you better be uh, careful. I, uh, he may not understand his. <laughs> you know? Yeah, when and and in filmmaking, you're constantly working with many different kinds of people. So, you know, you are working with, um, let's say, somebody in sound, somebody in light, somebody in this. So you have um, a particular skill of storytelling. You have a vision of the film, but you're also working with a bunch of people who are deep specialists in their own way. Uh, in organizations, you can see similar things happening. How do you balance uh, the fact that there are things you don't know and there are things you know better than the guy who's doing it? And there are things which, you know, you are doing by yourself. All of what one reads about in terms of future of work, that work is really moving outside of organizations. So, you know, it's going to look more and more like films. You get a bunch of people together, you have a team, and then you come together, execute a project, when you're working, how does it play out in your head? What is this process like for you? See, very long ago, I used to see these posters which said a film by so-and-so. And I was quite surprised. I said, how can you say it's a film by uh, so-and-so XX? It's not a film by one person. 
nothing can ever happen because one person okay mm-hmm. you may end up they may give you a you may be the summary of the you may take the credit as a kind of a you know headline for all the people kind of doing it but that's not true uh, the truth is you get inspired by people even when you when, even when the idea is yours let's for example i write a script i write an idea but it could happen because of something that somebody else is saying and i could be thinking the opposite of that it doesn't become my idea because uh, if that person didn't say that i wouldn't be able to think of the opposite of that or if the person didn't say something it wouldn't inspire me to think another way uh, so i i'm just saying that a lot of inspiration which happens in a, in film uh, and and i'll give you examples i think um, you know when uh, when uh, in in mission mangal i remember when um, uh, Chandan made it I was editing the film and uh, I was sitting with him and we were cutting that Sanjay Kapoor dancing in the bar mm-hmm. and we, we had shot that to staying alive staying alive staying alive we didn't get the we struggled to get rights of that song and uh, I said Chandan we should do something about this and he said yeah well, why do we need the scene let's chop it off uh, and then I said what why chop it no it adds something to it he said no let's do one thing you know let's use one of this one of this guy's old songs you know people always like heroes who come back with a song of theirs of hey it's damn great he said i know i cut his first song in his life so i said wow fabulous so he took the his, the first song akiamela and he put this on because he could cut it because he cut the beats exactly to the moves he had only cut his song so it was like an addition which was like a million dollar addition by an editor so how can you kind of claim everything uh, so there is a director there's a script writer there's a music director there's a lyricist uh and um, there's a dop there are actors who bring like uh, you know add so much of value to what you what you do so it's 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 a combination you always respect people not because you have to get the work done you know sometimes most people respect people because they have to get the work done you know there's another management style saying you mm-hmm. know take people with you teamwork is and they always paint the success and say success happens because of teamwork no teamwork is teamwork success has got nothing to do with teamwork teamwork is because you really respect what each person is doing not brings to your party you respect him for you get fascinated by his work like he's fascinated by yours that's called real teamwork teamwork is not making him work towards your cause is make is appreciating what he's doing for his own cause mm-hmm. you know that's really teamwork you know nobody likes saying that thank you for doing me this favor it's a favor then he's done okay But if you say what a fantastic thing! It's something that he's produced. It so happens to satisfy some purpose in your life. That does not mean that uh, you know you're manipulating uh, a relationship so that he does something for your work. That's what I hate about teamwork. You don't manipulate people into delivering their best for your cause. You manipulate. You just manipulate nothing, and you just. admire people and you motivate people to deliver their best for what they are doing and you really enjoy their best and that's when real good teams happen when each person is enjoying the best of another person yeah and businesses are now increasingly getting focused on people productivity or you know simply ensuring that people achieve more at work and zippy which is a product by our collaborator people strong uses the power of this kind of contextual collaboration in a intelligent manner to do just that the more focus and context one can bring among the teams the better are the outcomes that can be achieved right so if today is let's say you know building on what you just said if today is day 0 of your next film uh, when you're thinking of the film you already have a person in mind or you just start with a blank canvas no i think of an idea i write my script first that's the first thing 
and my uh, my the people who uh, are going to work with that's the only decision that a director makes because he's finally responsible for the film he says who would you like to work with you and the choices are many of course you want talented people mm-hmm. and some people want people who get who they get along with very well uh, what is more important the talent or the getting along which one no people who love working uh for themselves i i really like people who love their craft i like i like for example some people would say my dop that is pc shriram is one of the most difficult people to work with no i think he's one of the most easy people to work with because he loves his craft mm-hmm. he was not born to make your life easier he was born to make his work more beautiful he was born to make cinematography more beautiful and you are actually borrowing that talent from him uh for a story and that's all you're doing but your your joy my joy is in appreciating his cinematography like eli raja when i do music with him i mean he's a genius he's not uh is he serving my purpose of course he is but am i working with him to serve because he's serving my purpose no i'm working with him for the joy of listening to his music mm. and he's giving me his music for me i mean that's a gift i mean i i i look at people as gift I'll, when i work with art directors you know i marvel at, at at their little thing when i work with costume designers when i work with actors it is not about just who who is easy to work with everybody is easy to work with when you don't focus on them when you focus on their craft you mm. are you have to enjoy their craft creative people if all if everybody starts enjoying what the other person is doing and not saying how do i just you know get along with them get better get, roi out of yeah, this get equation yeah get along with them till the yeah, job true, gets over true. it is not about till this gets job that's get, so transactional yeah so that's a lot of a lot of our leaders a lot of organizations fail because it's very very short term thinking and short term thinking is all about uh, myopic teamwork myopic teamwork is all about for a task it is never about a task it is about getting it's about not getting a person uh, getting the best out of a person it's about freeing that person to do his best for himself and just borrow it for you're paying him so he's lending it to your organization be damn happy and that's how the joy is going to come more and more i think organizations are are not the way of going people are wanting smaller units people want to do their own thing it's going to happen when groups of people respect each other respect means love working with each other because hey i love what you're doing you love what you're doing that's what a team is that is the real teamwork you, you can never work with people uh, whose work you don't enjoy or who do not enjoy your work i think it's all about guys it's like a band it's going to be like bands it's going to be like filmmaking is going to be like that because today there's so many films being made so much of content you're not going to be a spielberg or a scorsese easily today and nobody is going to just become a hero and another amitabh bachchan for years for millions of years again because there's too much of content filmmaking has become almost like you know like when when in the first time when when the first chap who flew an aircraft was a big big hero now there are so many pirates who are there it's got to become like normal it's not going to be the gods you know cure for it's not going to be the cure for cancer filmmaking is one of the things that people do in life it's going to be one thing that balance is coming and the, the biggest thing i feel about so many films and so much content being produced is creativity is finding its humility you know there's only that much you can do oh that. i yeah, love that it's, creativity it's, is finding its humility, its humility by just overdose of so many people are doing it you're not special brother and don't we always want as creative people to become somebody you know to do something this will change the world this will a lot of things are not going to change the world a lot True. of things are going to be done because you've just like them like doing them and you know the people quote the you know the uh, spirituality in the bhagavad gita saying there's enjoy the job and you know, actually today you don't have a choice if you really want to survive survive 
the results may not be so big. It's not going to be. Just enjoy yourself because at least that's the joy. That's the big joy you're going to get. And that's what most people are going to do things for. The big, big things are going to be fewer and very few people are going to be those cult figures. Very, very few people. You're not going to be a, you know, a, a great uh, uh, superstar filmmaker. There'll be one or two. I mean, that's... It's not, it's not going to be like before. Anybody who became a filmmaker thought that his, his whole family stood up and kind of saluted him. Now my family, families don't care. So many filmmakers are there coming up and going out. So you get the humility and more, more things are done. You find a way. Uh, so democratization of the craft is, and content is yeah. actually creating more, you know, grounded folks. Is that... It's democratizing thought. You know, it's a democratizing of the process of, of... I won't say democratizing. I'm saying... Uh, when you see more people doing what you're doing, it forces you not to see the out out uh, not outcome of what you're doing. It forces you to say, "Hey, there's not much of a differentiated outcome in this. Let's kind of just enjoy what you're doing." It forces you to kind of trip on your craft a, a little more. Forces you to just really find the joy in those minutes that you're doing it. And I think more and more life is going to be about that that joy there, and that's all. It stops. It's not about the rewards. The rewards are. Uh, are going to be, yeah, it'll sustain you. It might kind of make you very rich, may make you nothing. But if you kind of focus on that joy that minute, that's going to be your true, true gift each time you do something. And what then makes you want to come back and work with a person a second time and a third time it's, and a fourth it's, time? Uh, it's, uh, it's pretty, um, it's, uh, it's kind of hugely addictive. It's that pleasure that you feel when you crack something or when you crack a tune, you crack an idea. You can't, and anybody, even in any business, anybody who's had an idea will know that, that high. But that's all there is. It's just that high. It'll go tomorrow morning. Another, another high. Somebody's going to have an eye. Because so many people, there are so many highs. But you don't, what, what used to happen before is you had, you had a high and then you, and you cashed in on that high for a long period of time. Today, you can't cash in on that high. You're, you just get that high and that's it. Stop. Have your next high. Don't worry about the cash in because many people are cashing and the cash is not going to be so much, you know. So the highs are beautiful and it becomes purer. Actually, the, the democratization, the, 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 I won't say democratization, the, the, what do you say, the explosion of... Uh, is it commoditization? Uh, no, it's not commoditization. The explosion of thought actually makes you enjoy thinking mm. a, a lot more focusedly. And, and, you know, when you look at the same process that you just described, uh, you're, every time when somebody does some great work for the first time, gets noticed. The first time you are noticed potentially is an indication of good work done. Yeah, uh, When you look at that moment, either in your ad films or let's say in the film that you made, first film, you know, when you think about it, is that something that gives you as much joy and pride when you look at it today after a couple of years as it did on the time when somebody says, wow, that's a lovely film. Have you heard of this guy called Balki? He's made this film. So does that change, uh, you know, the concept of what your first good work means to you? Or does it become like another piece of work I've done? I've done 20 films, one of the 20. See, fortunately, I don't know why. Um, I have not been ever distracted by the outcome. Uh, so therefore, when people used to say that I needed to PR my work or do this kind of stuff, I found it a very painful thing because it distracted me from what I was doing next. Mm -hmm. So it helped me because I was a little shy of PR and it was more my inhibitions that actually 
made me focused rather than any great deep moral uh, uh, kind of a stance it just my inhibition just made me it is easier i feel uh, safer in a in an environment that people don't know me so much okay let them talk about the work i don't want to know i don't want them to know that i've done it i always used to come from that particular place so today i understand that uh, how much of a distra- uh, today because of the explosion of the good work so many people are doing this this if you could open your amazon netflix whatever Nobody's talking of ads. I mean, people are talking of, hey, who did this? Who did the serial? Nobody's saying that because by the time we discuss this guy's name, another chap's name come out, another girl's name come out, five more girls kind of happen, uh, three more kids are doing something else. There's so many people doing so, so many wonderful things, and it's fantastic because uh, filmmakers today, uh, you know, always have asked for an environment where they can be, you know, truly creative. I think today is the way because you cannot afford to be distracted by the outcome. you have to stay focused on the on the joy and that is the best best environment for creative people where you don't have a choice to be you, you can't even think you can't feel depressed you know there there used to be this f- famous thing that i used to say to people i think it's going to be the death of creativity all these uh, cinemas that you know today it's a three day affair and and films are going to die we work for one and a half years two years and people want to just collect the money in three days in one week and it's gone out of the theaters it's gone Uh, we're dead. Why should we slog for one and a half years for something that? Because pe- before you used to live for twenty-five weeks, fifty weeks, and you used to work. For, in, so psychologically, if you think of it, if somebody works for two years and it's forgotten in one week, you're you actually it it kills you. You know, mm-hmm. you've stayed with something for two years. You think you're going to create something that st- stays for eternity? It doesn't. It's there in the bin somewhere. It's recorded, but nobody's going to remember you for eternity. There's not going to be many more shows which are coming up. There's not going to be many more things. Right. It depressed me a long time. It depressed me quite a bit, quite a bit. Then I just thought of it: what is my problem? Whether it stays or doesn't stay? Did I ever do anything for it to stay? You just did it. Why do you want to suddenly kind of feel insecure that it doesn't stay? That is not the reason you did it. Mm. So the moment you kind of really think you did it for the high, stick with the high. The moment you stop getting a high, you're in trouble. But you got the high, no? So that's it. the you started suddenly thinking of the bonus as your kind of as reason for depression reason. you get you know thrown away yeah. uh, and everything so that actually put me back on track my own kind of analysis of this of this explosion of creativity kind of put put you back in track uh, back on track today technology uh, again you know has made a lot of things easier you you look at what an average phone can do in terms of photographs so you you know you have slow motion this and multiple shots various things which earlier you needed either the great equipment or something if you wanted to tell a story using that format um you know has that changed has technology changed either the way of working or storytelling as a craft uh technology of course has changed storytelling as a craft but storytelling can also change technology as a craft by that i mean i might want to use technology in a certain way depending on my story i am not using technology to change my story i'm using my story to uh, make technology adaptable to certain so there is a for example i would kind of maybe use a you know motion control camera for something completely different because my story demands that mm-hmm. you know so i think the power the center of everything is still your story uh the, once in a way there comes a technology where you can just zap people with the technology and they'll forgive you because the story is the technology then but if that story has already been told the next person using the technology better have a story that's more surprising than the technology you know so it always works that way the first mover you get you can surprise people with just the technology you can't surprise people the second time so uh, somebody like a spielberg when he created 
you know, whatever, E.T. or any of those films, there was a lot of technology that he used, special effects, all of that. And if I were to make a film like that today, I would have to rely more on pure play storytelling because that technology wouldn't stun people anymore. No, even then it didn't, the technology didn't stun people. It was the story. the story that stunned people because a lot more people had used far bigger technology than what Spielberg did for, the, for E.T. He himself had done far bigger stuff than E.T. E.T. was pure storytelling. It was beautiful storytelling. A lot of great films are storytelling where technology is almost invisible. When you first introduce IMAX, for example. Yeah. Oh, wow, IMAX experience. So you can show anything and people are going to be zapped by IMAX screen. But if I'm used, if I've gone to the IMAX theater twice, why would I be zapped again and again? I would need a damn great story. You know, uh, an avatar, for example, had a lovely story to tell besides what besides the te- the technology in it a titanic would have had had possibly uh, phenomenal technology at that point of time the kind of vfx that they did but at the end at the heart of it was a beautiful love story and that's where it stayed and the spectacle and everything became part of that emotion uh, i still remember this legend goes where rupert murdoch saw uh, a titanic and uh, and he told people that uh, okay so they were saying, this is so many million dollars have gone into this stuff. How are you planning to market it? He asked the question. And they had all kinds of ideas to market. He said, you know what? This is a love story. And it didn't have a song. Spend so many more million dollars. I don't know whether it was hundred million dollars or whatever. More. Sign up Celine Dion. Uh, get the song. It was Rupert Murdoch apparently who pushed them to do the Celine Dion song to market the film. Mm-hmm. And that film has given, despite all the spectacle, everything, what do you remember? You know, that song is possibly one of the most famous things in, in right. Titanic. It's a diff- it's storytelling, it's emotion, it's completely a different feeling. So when, when people in business settings, they say uh, we are not able to connect to people, is it that, that emotional connect of storytelling that stories generate? Is that what is missing in the workplace? Uh, we're not able to connect to people uh, because you have nothing to connect with. I mean, you need to find how to connect with How people. do you do that? It depends on the person. How do you connect with people? You can't connect with people. You can connect with a person. A person. So you connect with a person. First connect with a person. Connect with two people. Connect with three people. And then try connecting. You can't say, I can't connect with people. How do you? I can't connect with people. If I stand out here, how do I connect with everybody around me mm. uh, in Bandra? It's not possible. So there must be something for you to connect with. Like you and I are chatting here. We have something to connect with. We're talking about something. So we're connecting. Uh, otherwise, we can just both be sitting in a room and I don't. I wouldn't know how to connect with you at all. Right. right. What is the topic of connectivity? Do you need, what is the wire that's connecting us? Find a cause. Find a common reason. Find out what he or she likes. Find out uh, uh, what connects the two of you and then connect. So just genuine interest in people. Genuine interest, genuine interest in an organization. For example, if leaders say, "I can't," who says I cannot connect with people? There are there are people who are either leaders or uh, people in relationships. People are something else. You have to find a way to. Or genuinely, sometimes you may not find anything in the other person to connect. Move on to the next person. How do you keep your thinking fresh? You know, um, so you reinvent yourself, or you know, what is your day like? Which provides all the ideas, stimulation. Do you read a lot? Do you watch a lot of films? Do you listen to music? Do you travel? Do you, or I do you all, all of the above? All of them are actually to keep life interesting because life is quite boring. Uh, you know, I always tell people that whatever you see, wherever you travel, whatever you do, watching it in a movie with music is far superior to what you do there. 
you know i it's always <laughs> fantastic you go you listen to the com you listen to henry blofeld talking in manchester uh describing a match is far more interesting than watching that uh, sitting in manchester and watching that watching that thing uh that match um and uh, because there is a romance associated with thought and everything else and i feel a lot of cinema and i love watching and reading only because they make life a lot more interesting it's not that i want to be stimulated and uh, you know i want inspiration i just want to make my life more interesting as many moments and i find that you know people say somebody's addicted to a phone addicted to a something viewing experience somebody doesn't connect with a person you will connect with a person if that person is more interesting than the than the program that you're watching okay you cannot blame me if the program that i'm watching is going to be more interesting than the emotion i'm sharing with that person it cannot how do you that i'm making a sacrifice then you got to pay me for the sacrifice mm. you know what i'm saying it's very difficult you know people talk of relationships kind of suffering because of this no i think it's a whole lot of bullshit i think it's all about upping the antenna everything when your when uh, entertainment is going to become so much more engaging i think we in relationships also have to find new ways to engage each other maybe through that particular thing most people engage through entertainment today but there are other ways you can't have the same rules of engagement between people when the outside influences of tearing you away from the engagement are so much more it's not possible it's it's a law of nature which is going to break how do you use your downtime between say two films you have you've completed a film end of one you have nothing planned in the horizon and, and you know then there is a day when you start your next film or is it that there is always an overlap what's it like in your no, head no there's never overlap i mean there's a lot of time and i i uh, basically wander around uh, eating watching why watch 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 i love to watch catch up on a lot of things that i missed uh, i watch a movie a day on an average almost every day of my life mm-hmm. i either watch um, four episodes or a movie or um, i read 100 pages of a book because i love uh, uh, being entertained uh, by the outside influences because uh, movie making is a very laborious business and it's always much more pleasurable to watch a movie than make it <laughs> <laughs> so i love that and i love watching cricket and uh, i don't i i like of course meeting a group of people i like an evening out i like drinking uh, an evening but i like i can't do it every day i can't you know engage with people every day because i i feel that um you do engage with a lot of people in your head actually you're engaging with characters you're engaging with emotions you're engaging so it's wrong to say that you have to actually engage with people to engage with people it's not mm-hmm. but you do miss that some point of time and you you want to get together with your friends and do it but i'm not i'm a little bit of an introvert that way if you never never ever had to worry about money what is the one thing you would do there is nothing that i would if i had let's put it that way if i had enough money i wouldn't do anything different from what i'm doing today i wouldn't know i i don't think yeah the last thing i wish i had was to get a london taxi uh, which i have which i got i'm very <laughs> happy uh yes i would love i would love the biggest train set in my house that's not anything to do with money it's due to my laziness of being able to accumulate collect build you know those kind of things is more that uh but it's it's got nothing to do with money it's more if i had a little more enthusiasm energy drive and a few more hours in the day i would do a lot more things it's not nothing to do with money yeah what is the obsession with trains i don't know it's from my childhood i think uh uh again it was like this you know uh when i used to see the damn trains they used to look so dirty so ugly thing but when i used to imagine the train there's so beautiful things winding around the corners and coming out there joining tracks they are beautiful images this you know sometimes when you see the truth it kind of really 
hurts the images in your head. And I, um, you go to good trains, you see some lovely images uh, of some trains and some other land or that's beautiful. But there are some trains even in India where you can see some lovely images as they turn some corners or going through a certain kind of countryside. They're lovely to watch. And if you can have the music playing with it. And yeah, yeah, I always have music playing in my head. Yeah. Uh, whenever I watch a visual, otherwise it makes no sense. Silent movies for me don't make any sense. So the world with music, as you are watching it, you know, the soundtrack actually makes it Yeah, even I meet a very... person, I like, I like to kind of, there is something playing in my head. I mean, you do find, I think most people have this. It's not just me. I just feel that even when a girl and a, a girl is interested in a guy and a guy is interested in a girl, you have something playing around in your head, some, some music kind of playing in your There's a softness which creeps in. There is something that happens there. You know, there's a bit of uh, a mood that gets created. It's got nothing to do with just the looks of two people or the, what the person's saying. It's got to do some, something playing in your head and that's called music. Balki, thank you as always. It's a fascinating conversation. Pleasure, thank you. Thank you so much for coming in and talking to us. I'm sure our listeners have loved it and I'm sure that you'll continue to inspire us with your work. Thank, thank you. you for being here. Thank you. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Dreamers and Unicorns of the New Code of Work series. I'm Abhijit Bhaduri and you can find me at Abhijit Bhaduri on LinkedIn and Twitter. This show is brought to you by PeopleStrong, Asia's leading work and HR tech company. For more information, visit their website at newcodeofwork.com. Dreamers and Unicorns is a Made in India production. Editorial producers, May Thomas and Sean Phantom. Producer, Sharanya Subramanian. Assistant producer, Janam Devan. Sound design and edited by Kathik Kulkarni.